0: you're listening to the Abide podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> now, I've been, you know, I've been doing this 20 years and I've, three years ago, the Lord said, I want you to shift and taking what you've learned and equip the next generation, equip this generation, you know. Generation being everybody living. And so um, that's what led this. And this is my way to mentor you in the place of prayer to help break you through. And the Lord is meeting us in a profound way. And uh, I'm just so honored. I got a good friend here, Mike Hendon from Northwest Indiana. So (laughs) he's seeing his daughter in Orlando, but, you know, whatever. I was just with him and his church two weeks ago. He's on this and the Lord met us. And when I was with him is when this thing began to drop about the John 4 movement and Jesus' thirst. And so I want to encourage you guys, get that, jump into us. We just finished uh, Relentless uh, with Life of David, and the Lord met us in a profound way. We do three lives, and it never ends without everybody just getting blown up. So if you like last night, we'll do that about three times a month. So uh, praise God. What's going on, my man? (laughs) Anyway, all right. Turn to Revelation 22. It's the last chapter of your Bible. Come on, somebody. Uh, we love you, Jesus. If you weren't here last night, I want you to feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of let it bother you a little bit. I think they're going to upload it, though, to YouTube. They had it on Facebook, so you guys get it. But Lord met us, man. We went into the throne room. Hallelujah. Soon as I, I think, I think I was talking about Jasper and Sardius. Somewhere between Jasper and Sardius, he took over. Y'all, re- y'all remember? It was in between Jasper and Sardius. <laughs> He's going, if y'all going to talk about me, I might as well show up. <laughs> I might as well show up. Because <laughs> Revelation 4, the throne room of God, is not a make-believe little Imagery place. It's a, real, it's a real place. And we started encountering it. All right? It's, it's encountering him. And, and anyway, again, worship team this amazing, out of this world, I am so blessed by the sound that's coming out of this house. The sound and the uh, purity, and it's just the beginning. I'm so excited. All right, well, I'm going to do a lot. We're going to go somewhere this morning, all right? I want you to look at this verse in Revelation 22:17. Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17, when you've only got two messages, I'm thinking about how to pull together about 20 themes into two messages. So I'm going to do my best to try to bring together, last night would have brought together about 10, and we're going to bring together about 10 more this morning, all right? And I'm going to give it to you in four words. <laughs> Spirit and the bride say come, six. <laughs> six, six. six, all right, here we go. There it is, Revelation 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say come. That's my message this morning. That's the message, those six words. If that gets tattooed on your spirit, everything changes. In re- that's what a, one of the things I love. It's one of the last verses of your Bible, which means it took all the Bible to get us there. And it took specifically the great tribulation, the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit to get the church and into this place. And what you see in Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17, is that a church and the Holy Spirit are going to come into unity with one another. For the last 2000 years, Holy Spirit's been on FM. We've been on AM. But the church and the Holy Spirit are going. Listen, don't just get excited. Hear me. The church and the Holy Spirit are going to come into unity with one another. That's John 17 unity. That you've, you, Father, as you're in me and I'm in you, that they would be one in us. That the world would believe. It's not talking about potluck dinners. Those are awesome. That's not what he's praying for. He's talking about a realm of union, of oneness in the Godhead and we're going to find each other as we ascend into him. The church and the Holy Spirit are going to come into unity with one another. Number two, the church is going to begin to operate in a new identity. It's a bridal identity. And I'm going to tease out each one of these these thoughts over the next 45 minutes. A bridal identity. It's not the spirit in the church. It's not the spirit in the army. It's not spirit and sons. It's the spirit in the bride. Which gives us insight into the predominant revelation of Jesus in the last days. And how the church is going to begin to operate. We're not workers at a distance. We're not servants trying to make him happy. But we are a bridal company. A bridal people who are in intimacy with our bridegroom God and who move with him instead of for him. It's massively different. And he's going to awaken, which speaks that the first commandment is going to come alive, that we're going to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And when the nitrogen of the spirit meets the glycerin of bride, we're going to see a global explosion. It's the cry, come. Everybody say, come, Come. say, come. Come. How do you say it in Spanish? Ben, Ben, Ben. I knew it was close. Ben, Ben, thy kingdom come. You know why Jesus is going to return? It's because we want him to. He's not coming back for a church. that's saying, oh, it's good. You just stay on up there and do your thing. We like life in America. There's actually going to be a church on the earth that are so sick with love and so pained with longing, so gripped by the Holy Spirit. Yes. It would be better if you were here. Come home, Jesus. Oh, there's going to be a global longing, global cry. It's going to touch every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. We're going to long for him and pant for him and want him. Hallelujah. I believe that we can begin to engage in this prayer now. You can pray it in three ways now. Come to me in intimacy. Come near me in revival. And come for me at your coming. Come to me, come near me, and come for me. When Jesus taught us to pray, he says, thy kingdom come. He's not just talking about good revival meetings. That's important. But what that does is it actually wounds you for the full revival, which was his coming. When he rends the heavens and comes down. God's going to use great presence and great pressure to produce a great prayer. What is it going to take to get the church into unity with the Holy Spirit? It's going to take great glory. I believe, and I said this last night, I believe Malachi, I believe the, the, the 2020 shutdown was a reboot, was a reset that is, go, that is shifting the church into a new era. Okay? And I believe that there was a Malachi 1.10, shut it all down, and that in the wake of this reset is going to be the, the reforming of wineskins, reforming of structures of how local church is done, and that we are going to begin to prioritize ministry to God and the presence of God at the center of local communities. This is going to be disruptive because it won't be about idolizing men on stages, but it will be about ministering and worshiping God. And it won't be enough for 45 minutes and 20 bucks But all of us will step into our priestly identity of ministry to God. This is going to be intense. It's going to shake structures and wineskins as we know it. It's begun. I said it last night. I don't say it with some kind of cavalier. I've been talking about this. Sunday only Christianity is over. It's over. I want to gather on Sunday. But I'll see you on Monday i see you on Wednesday. We build lives around ministry to God. Instead of trying to cram 10 things into a service, we'll see you next week. And then you live disconnected. I want to build our lives. I want our kids around the presence. Anyway. Great presence and great pressure. So I believe right now we're in the reforming of a wineskin. And I believe it's going to grow over the next years. And the leaders that give way to this, like King David, that's why we did the, the series on David, because David prioritized the presence. He put God at the center, and the Amos 9 said that he's going to rebuild David's fallen tent in the generation of his coming. He's going to rebuild David's fallen tent. For 33 years, David built a tent, put thousands of musicians, hundreds of singers Whose primary ministry was ministering before the Lord. And God's throne descended over a nation. And God routed out their enemies. And Amos says there's coming a day God's going to rebuild it. In Acts 15, this is what's going to open up the door for Gentiles at the tabernacle of David. Jesus. And it's ultimately about that Davidic kingdom. When Jesus returns, establishes his throne in Jerusalem. And he's going to establish his glory. and He's going to put ministry to him at the center. Anyway, are you all with me? You guys go in and worship, but I don't feel your pull when I preach. You're listening and enjoying it, but I don't know if you're pulling on it. I'm not just entertaining you for the next 45 minutes. I believe in regional transformation. I was in Northwest India, uh, in Indiana, India, in <laughs> Indiana a couple of weeks ago. God's finding these spots in our nation, these out of the way places that I believe He's establishing apostolic centers, and He's going to require the people in the big cities to come out. He always goes out. He didn't show up in Jerusalem; He showed up in Bethlehem. And he says, Y'all gotta get out there. to mess with your pride and your arrogance. Understand that's what God does, and I believe that he's gonna show up to out-of-the-way places to become apostolic sinners because it's pure enough, it's clean enough, and it's gonna require everyone to go low to enter in. Hey! You caught that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't just mean louder; it means hunger, leaning in. Understand this matters how Monday looks for me. Yeah, come on, come on. Presence. So the wine skin is being built right now, and I just want to say it to you: we are being prepared for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit the earth has ever seen. You know, it sounds awesome. I need you to understand, global. I will pour out my Spirit. On all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy men, women, young, old dreams, visions, blood, fire, vapor of smoke. I'm going to pour out my spirit. But when most of us think about revival, you think about just great services and no more problems. No, that's when the problems start. Revival is going to blow up everything. It's going to blow up everything and it's going to cause everything that's hidden to come to the surface. See, what revival does is it removes the gray areas. How? And it causes that which is hidden in man to come to the surface. And there's two big responses from from man in light of the glory of God. Extreme love, humility, and submission to the glory. And extreme rage and hatred of the glory. The two responses. You would think it can't get any better than John 3 and... This is the condemnation. Light has come into the world. It don't get no better than the second person of the Trinity stepping into the world and blinding light shining on the heart of every person. It don't get no better than that. And men still love darkness rather than the light. In light of it, we still want darkness. We hate it. And we're going to see great rage, great sin of man, and great glory bring to the surface. It's going to disrupt everything. It's going to provoke the sin of man and the rage of Satan. And we're going to move into a time period of history that's filled with great presence and great pressure. And think about what God's done to even get you in your chair today. He's used glory and glory. He's used presence and pressure. He has used encounters and conferences. I love you. And then you go back into that context or into that circumstance or into that relationship. And and, and that thing that's just a grind to your flesh that drives you into God. I don't want to make it sound like you're going to get to conference and all your problems go away. No. God uses presence and pressure this is what it does. I'm prophesying now. It delivers you from doing Christianity in your own strength. Presence and pressure drive you into a deeper dependence on the Holy Spirit. A greater humility in the Holy Submission to the Holy Spirit. It delivers you from individualism and it delivers you from isolation. I need God and I need you. I need God and I need you. And presence and pressure revealed to me I'm not smart enough, wise enough, or good enough, to, or strong enough, or smart enough to get myself through this thing. I need a a deeper, that's why the church is going to move into unity with the Holy Spirit. Because we're going to need Him. Most of us don't need Him. We'll say it. It's only by his power, but you live in your own wisdom, your own strength, your own resources, and you treat him like a little band-aid till Jesus comes back. You treat him like a little bit. I want to say to you that the person, the Holy Spirit is going to become the predominant revelation for the end time church. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Do you know him? Are you intimate with them? Because you'll only submit, you'll only unify with that which you submit to. He wants to produce lives that are submitted to the Holy Spirit. That are in because you only unify to the degree you submit. <laughs> I'm dropping dirty bombs on you guys, man. Y'all got to take this. You only unify to the degree you submit. That's why he says, submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. We submit to one another, and that's what unifies us. It's mutual submission, mutual humility that builds the bond of peace. And most of us resist the Holy Spirit. Most of us tell him, we got it from here. We'll take it from here. The people who pray the most are the ones in touch with their need the most. Prayer is beggarly. It can be humiliating to prideful Americans, independent Americans, self-sufficient Americans who got it all. He wants to produce a limping, leaning church, leaning in need of him. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. I adore you. Holy Spirit's as much God as Jesus is God, as the Father is God. He's not third cousin of the Trinity. He's God. He's God. And I care so deeply about Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit unnerves us. Because we can quantify and qualify Jesus. We got the Gospels. We can put our boxes around him and relate with him. Some of us can deal with the Father. Father's hard. But Holy Spirit unnerves us because you just don't know what he'll do. You don't know what he'll do, when he'll do it, how he'll do it. It unnerves us. Will he make me shake? That's easy. Make you shake. How about make you not cheat on your taxes this year? See, the devil wants to turn it into tongues and falling down and shaking and I ain't going I got that. And then we just loop it all together with that's what Holy Spirit. I want to tell you at the end of the day, Holy Spirit's coming. He's coming. And he's going to unnerve and he's going to blow up control. I'm not talking about disorder. I'm all about order in meetings, order in our lives, living a certain way. But he's going to deal the death blow to control. The Lord spoke to Mike Bickle in London in the early 90s that no one with a control spirit will experience his power. No one with a controlled spirit will experience my power. Holy, I I wrote that book, and the Lord spoke two phrases. I wrote this in 2019, and the Lord was speaking two phrases over and over again in 2019. Wineskins are changing, and the baptism of fire is coming. Wineskins are changing, and the baptism of fire is coming. John the Baptist's favorite title of Jesus is the one who will baptize you with fire. John goes, I can just clean the outside of the cup. Him? He's getting up in your business. He's going to rearrange furniture on the inside of you. He's going to begin to deal with those pockets and those caves of lust and fear and shame and those hiding places you run to. He's going to rearrange furniture. He's an interior home decorator. And he's going to confront pockets of rebellion. He's going to confront the areas on the inside of you. The baptism of fire is here and it's coming. John says, I can clean the outside and get you ready for it. Fire's coming and it's going to burn up chaff. It's going to burn up religion. Jesus in Luke 12, 49. I don't know if we can put verses up here. Whatever, don't worry about it. (laughs) Luke 12, 49. Jesus says, I came to send fire on the earth. Now, I need y'all to look at this. Turn with me, Luke 12. If we can't get it up here. You need to look at this. I know I just told you Revelation 22, but this still fits under the spirit. We're still under the spirit of Revelation 22 17. We'll get to the bride here in a second.
1: Jesus. Are we good?
0: Thank you, Lord. We love you. All right, everybody, I love all the reasons that Jesus came. We know he came to seek and save the lost. We know he came to give his life as a ransom. We know he came to do a bunch of things. 49. But I like the Luke twelve forty nine Jesus. How about this, Jesus? I came to send fire on the earth. I always picture William Wallace in that verse. Where are you going? Pick a fight. I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish it were already kindled. He goes, I'm ready for this party to get started. But I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how distressed I am till it's accomplished. He's talking about his own baptism into death. He goes, I got to go through what I got to go through. So I can release fire on the earth. And the fire he's talking about is Holy Spirit and him invading the world with his glory and his fire. You know what Jesus' real longing is here? I want to get closer. See, this is what, this is what we were experiencing last night. Fire burns up the resistance so you can get closer. Fire burns chaff. It judges, but judgment in its core reality is the removal of everything that hinders love. So when God's fire breaks in, he's consuming that which is in the way. That's why we invite the fire of the Holy Spirit. See, religion will let you have happy, clappy, plastic Christian smiles on the outside, living with deadness on the inside. Fire says, no, no, we're going to be the same on the inside as we are on the outside. I'm not going to let you live with happy, clappy, plastic lives. I want to build a furnace on the inside of you. Christianity is not outside in, it's inside out. And religion in its core is, and nothing going on. Holy Spirit's a fire insurance. Got Jesus in his treehouse looking out the window of your heart. Nothing going on on the inside. And Jesus says, I want to get closer. I came to send fire. And how I wish it were already kindled. Because you know what fire is? Him now getting on the inside of you. He goes, I can't stand the distance. See, do you understand that through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we have greater access to heaven and to the soul of Jesus than even the disciples did when they were on the earth with him. I don't know if you believe that. And then Jesus, I love this one tonight. He says, how I, But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am till it's accomplished. I can't wait to die. That's what he's saying. I can't wait to die to get this party started. <laughs> From now on, now this one's a wild one. Get your seatbelt on, everybody. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? Yes, Jesus, that's what the angels said. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Yes, Jesus, you're peace. You're a hippie. You kind of want everybody to get along. Do you suppose I came to give peace on the earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. He's going to have unity on his terms. From now on, five in one house will be divided. Three against two, two against three, father, son, son, father, mother, daughter, daughter, mother, mother mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law, mother-in-law. What's he saying? He says, I will get into the middle of the most intimate family relationships. And I will disrupt for a season so that I can have you on my terms and create unity on my terms. Anybody ever got on fire for God and things got weird at home? What happened? Fire was breaking out. Jealousy was laying hold of you. I want you for myself. And I'll mess it up in your marriage for a season. Because you're mine first. First. I'll disrupt marriage for a second. I'll disrupt the kids. See, he's okay. He's got tough skin for this. He goes, we'll get there. But you're mine. He's a jealous flame. See, we want to quarantine Holy Spirit off in the back room. I want to put him off. I don't know if you guys have the drunk uncle at Christmas. You used to be the drunk uncle at Christmas, but maybe you is the drunk uncle. We're praying for you. You put him off in the back room, you let him watch the Lions and the Cowboys play football, and you just bring his food to him at Christmas or Thanksgiving. Because if you know if he comes out a little tipsy, he'll start turning over all the elephants in the room. He'll start talking about all the dysfunction in the family. And we would rather quarantine him so we can have plastic, nice Instagram photos for Christmas with everybody biting their teeth, hating everybody in the family, all the dysfunction, all the unspoken stuff, nobody ever says. And we try to quarantine Holy Spirit. Guys, I want you to know he's coming out of the back room and he's going to disrupt all the dysfunction, all the plastic smiles, all the fakery, all the stuff we never talk about. He goes, we're going to get real. We're going to get real on the inside. Yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, it messes up Christmas. But it's called healthy. Yeah, come on, come on. Passive aggressiveness isn't healthy. Come on, come on. Oh, I'm going to start doing some family counseling here in a second. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love Jesus for this. That just, I just feel the, I like this side of Jesus. Because I'm going to get up in the middle of Christmas. When you're getting in the middle of households, the fire of God is coming. Will you submit to it? Will you submit to the fire? When he begins to put his hand on the stuff and put his finger on the stuff that you've lived with forever, as he begins to rearrange you on the inside, will you submit to it? Will you run from it? Will you run to your caves of pleasure that live outside of him? Run to your hiding places. The fire of God on my life. Fire's going to do something. Hear me. This is what fire does. And I know I'm giving you guys a lot, but I got to go. Fire burns up your wrong views of God. And fire, this is what fire does. This is what presence and pressure does. Fire burns up wrong views of God. And what it does is it changes the way you see God and the way you see yourself. And intimacy with the Holy Spirit begins to tenderize your spirit. See, the fire's about tenderizing. It's about cold hearts before the bonfire of his love. And what he does is he tenderizes you in his love. He tenderizes you in his heat. And as you submit, and as you come underneath, he brings you. He's really patient. He goes, I ain't going anywhere. We're going to get there. It tenderizes you, and what it, the one of the big things it does: the fire of the Holy Spirit changes you, seeing from God as a harsh, mean, angry, disappointed, and mostly angry father, and you begin to come into the kind, the tender, the patient, the loving father who introduces you to His passionate bridegroom son, and you begin to come into bridal intimacy. Through the fire of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's Song of Solomon 8:6. Set yourself as a seal of fire on my heart. Love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. The fire, it's a most vehement flame. It's when the first commandment, the fire, purifies every other lover. Purifies every other passion, purifies every other broken cistern you run to, and you begin to connect with the burning passion of the bridegroom God. The fire tenderizes you. Fire tenderizes you. That's why he's changing church, because I need to expedite the fire. I want to throw gasoline on the fire. See, it's not just we'll wait for you to do it. He goes, No, you can cooperate with me. You can cooperate with me. Sit in the chair more. Skip a couple of meals. Enter into fasting. Throw on the word of God. Throw in prayer. Throw on Holy Spirit. Help me. And you get in chairs. You get prophetic. You get in the anointing and the atmosphere of God. And it turns and it expedites the work of God on the inside of you. Christianity is bringing you from here and it's taking you here. fire tenderizing you bridal identity bridal intimacy men you are the bride women you are sons it transcends gender it transcends about having to think in some weird way it's about a way of relating to god in the first work of bridal identity and men this is my question for you do you know how to receive that's the core issue of fire and of bridal identity is learning how to receive. Jesus, Spirit of the Bride. Holy Spirit is your wedding planner. Holy Spirit's your wedding planner. And He is, He's your wedding outfitter. He's the best man at the wedding. And he knows what the bride, bridegroom loves. And the work of the Holy Spirit, he's working out the spots and the wrinkles in your garments in this season. Well, you submit to him. Holy Spirit. Bridal identity. That's why I love Song of Solomon. It changed the tone In which I heard God speak to me. What's the tone you hear when he talks to you? How do you hear him talk to you? That's usually connected to how you see God. He is the bridegroom God. He calls forth the things that are not as though they are on the inside of you. And he... He loves to see you. And the power of Song of Solomon is she's still in compromise, unable to get where she needs to. And he tells her who she is and that frees her from her compromise. He sees you in a billion years on the sea of glass. And and he speaks to you today in light of where you're going. It's the bridegroom heart of God. He is a bridegroom. He is a bridegroom. The Bible begins with the wedding and it ends with the wedding. Exodus 19, he betroths himself to a whole nation. The Ten Commandments, that whole thing, it's a marriage ceremony. He's betrothing himself to a whole nation. And these are the, I promise you, this is what I ask of you, this is what I'll be to you. He is a bridegroom. That's why the prophets called them harlots when they weren't faithful. Get back to intimacy. It's bridal language. God takes it personal. Hosea, Jeremiah. These prophets called it, but I love Isaiah 54. He says, your maker is your husband. Isaiah 62, he says, as a bridegroom, rejoices over his bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. He says you're going to get a new name, and this is what God's going to do to a whole nation in one day. And we get to participate as Gentiles in that reality now through Yeshua. You have a new name, and the name is Hephzibah. He delights in you. He delights in you. He actually enjoys you. Ding, 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 that's why we got to get in chairs that's why we got to build praying communities because you're not going to get that at a conference once a year I got to have her sing about who he is a thousand times and me whisper it back to him so that one little crack in the dam called unbelief little truth could crack through the dam of unbelief and that truth would begin to set you free and you begin to feel enjoyed by God feel loved by God know that he loves you when you begin to take on that new name of Hephzibah, he delights in you that's what I'm talking about that's what keeps people in prayer rooms that's what keeps you going for decades Jesus, the spirit and the bride, the spirit and the bride, the one leads to the other. (laughs) And when those two come together, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, bridal identity, hallelujah, we're going to see a global explosion that's going to beckon the son of God back to the planet. Come, 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 come to me, come near me, come for me. Are y'all with me? Are you with me? I said it last night, I want to say it again. We are in the midst of a transition and a transformation in the body of Christ. I believe praying churches will be the only churches. He calls his house a house of prayer, not a house of evangelism, healing, prophecy. All the other stuff is definitely what happens in the house. But heaven's definition, Isaiah 56, my house shall be called a house of prayer. My house. That's heaven's definition over his house. It's not Mike Bickle's thing. It's not some Korean pastor who's had prayer mountains thing. Isaiah spoke it 2,500 years ago. Jesus stepped in on the scene in John 2, first day of ministry in Jerusalem, and he cleansed the temple. Hey! And the disciples got a supernatural download. Jesus looks like his grandfather, David, zeal for his house has consumed him. They quote Psalm 69. He cleanses it at the beginning of his ministry. And then in Matthew 21, at the end of his ministry, they're waving the palm branches, Hosanna to the son of David. First thing he does, he goes, I am the son of David. I am the king priest. And he walks right up in the temple. He cleanses the temple. He says, this king puts his throne in the prayer room, puts his throne in the prayer room. That's where I rule from. That's where I legislate from. I rule out of intimacy. And it says that the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. We're going to see healing anointing, evangelism, prophecy, power break out as we begin to reorder my ministry to God. Zeal for your house. He wants to lay hold of you with it. Matthew 21. We're going to see an explosion. I don't care what it looks like. I believe it's going to be day and night in Regions. He's going to fill up whole regions. That's why he's connecting this place with other places in the region. Saying we're going to carry this thing together. It's not just going to rest on one house. Everybody's going to carry this thing together. God, we want to be a burning incense from this region to say, Jesus, you're beautiful. And Holy Spirit, come. Send revival. And Jesus, come. It's going to be a, it's going to be a regional cry. Come. A regional cry. Some will do it every day. Others will do it three days. It doesn't matter. It's the matter that it's prioritized. It's put at the center. He's anointing musicians and singers. Huh? He's anointing and releasing that Davidic anointing. Who play their harps, play their guitars, play their pianos, play their bass, their electric, their drums. And when they do, people come into rooms and demons of oppression leave them. Saul had demons leave him when David played. He wants to release the anointing, but I'm here to tell you, we're getting delivered. I'm so grateful. Jeremy Riddle just wrote a great book on a reset a worship movement reset. God's raising up prophetic fathers. I believe we're in a great cleansing of the worship movement. And I believe one of the greatest ways to purify the worship movement is to get them learning how to minister to God instead of ministering to people. Prayer rooms is the great equalizer. If you can get lost in empty rooms and not care, then you won't care when the full rooms come. Because your reward isn't how big the room is. Your reward is intimacy with him and you're always swimming back. I want to get back alone with him. We've gotten corrupt. We've gotten dirty over the last season in the worship movement and Jesus is going to cleanse it. He's going to have it. This is holy. This is beautiful. He's kind. He's patient. He's going to help us get there. But I believe the way that we're going to purify it is by learning how to minister to Him in rooms with five in the room. Oh, I love five person prayer meetings. See, that's where prophets are going to get formed. He's raising up prophets. Prophets on instruments, but he's going to release prophets. And Jesus always finds his prophets in prayer rooms. I'm grateful for words of knowledge. I love them. I love them when I get them. It's been used a lot in my life, and I used them in the big decisions I've made. But I'm here to tell you that there is a prophetic company that's arising that aren't just going to give the words of knowledge about people's hearts. They're going to be so entwined in him they're going to be able to unpack the knowledge and the beauty and the mind and the heart and the ways of God that's going to calibrate the church and that's going to release a new encounter and a new visitation. He's going to raise up day of the Lord prophets. Day of the Lord prophets. I believe all of us are going to prophesy, all of us, But understand, you're not going to get it by just the newest. It's not going to be by just some prophet laying hands on you. Jesus finds his prophets in prayer rooms. That's where he does his fishing. That's his best fishing hole. (laughs) Singers and musicians. Intercessors. dancers, artists. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit and the Bride say, come. We're going to see that incense arise from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Praying churches are going to erupt and explode. Everybody's going to do it different. It'll be lots of different ways. It's not about what it looks, it's about you find, I always love this statement. We were talking about this in our our class last week. David says this phrase, I think in 2 Samuel 6, it says, how do I bring the ark to me? I think there's gonna be tailor-made ways that God's gonna show you what it looks like in your city and your region. And it's not about just making it look like IHOP or look like Upper Room or look like this. It's about what does it look like for us? You'll use those, you'll learn from those, but they'll get added into who you are. Jesus. Oh, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> I want to give you that, man, that's prophets, forerunner spirit. That's what's burning on my heart. That's where John the Baptist, that's when I went to bed last night, I was watching the Dead Sea Scrolls documentary. And this is a community who go, you know, the, the, the priesthood was in shambles. The priesthood was corrupt. And it says, and John the Baptist, Gabriel. I mean, Gabriel only shows up a couple times in Scripture. Showed up to Zacharias and goes, son, your son John, he's going to be a prophet of the highest. He's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to be consecrated unto his birth, uh, from his birth. And they get this kid to a certain age, and then he goes out to live amongst this radical group called the ASEANs, about 20 miles outside of Jerusalem. And they were declaring war on the current system, saying we're going to get back to allegiance and faithfulness to Yahweh. And I love Luke 3. It says, in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, in the reign of Pontius Pilate, when all these people were tetrarchs, when Annas and Caiaphas were high priests in Jerusalem, it says this, that the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. The word should have been coming to Jerusalem, but they had built saying, you know what? There is a wineskin he's building. And God set that man on fire and the whole nation came out to him. And this this is all I'll say. I'll come back another time and we'll talk about some of that stuff, but... I believe that what he did in in a little bit with John the Baptist before the first coming of Jesus, I believe he's going to release that same spirit on hundreds of thousands and millions across the earth that are going to prepare the earth for the second coming of Jesus. And this is going to be the communities they're going to come out of. We're going to break through the silence. I feel like a lot of ways we, the church got exposed in this last season. This last election cycle, we got exposed and our, we've lost our voice. But God wants to restore the voice back to the church. Jesus, amen. Let's stand. Jesus, I just want to ask, and we're going to wait on the Holy Spirit.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Where are singers and musicians at? Anybody here? Who's building the prayer room here? Raise your hand. It's this whole crew right here. And I want some of you guys, too, Enrique, too. You've been in this thing a long time. Got friends from Orlando over here. Adam. These guys have been in this thing a long time. <laughs> God, we ask you for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. We ask you for a fresh baptism and we invite the fire of the Holy Spirit. At Malachi 3 and 4, that refiner who would purify the sons of Levi so they may offer an offering in righteousness. I pray for the baptism of fire in our hearts and our lives, God. We want you to come and to confront so that you can conform everything on the inside of us. Confront unto conform. Whatever he's confronting in you, he's going to conform you into it. Uh, We invite the fire of the Holy Spirit. I invite your fire, Holy Spirit. I I don't want to live in delusion. And I don't want to live disconnected. God, I want to be authentic on the inside and the out. The fire removes uh, uh, hypocrisy. The fire removes doubleness. Double-mindedness. And it brings about a unity. The fire brings a union between your inside and your outside. So we want the fire. Unite my heart to fear you, O God. Release the fire of God, I pray, upon us in this season. Get us ready, I pray, Lord. I pray here in Lithia, Brandon, Orlando, Tampa, this whole region, Jesus, I pray. You would do it, God. I pray in Lakeland and in Bradenton and Sarasota. God, I pray in Fort Myers, God. I pray in this whole region, God. 500-mile radius. Release the fire of the Holy Spirit. Build an altar, I pray, oh God. In this region, ah, release the fire of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for a regional altar. Pray that you would use this little house to build you a big altar. Yeah, yeah. Pray in the spirit.
1: This is good. Elabo shoto yo rebeshoto yo rebesh. Elabo shoto yo rabakatay. O rabashatay rebeshoto yo rebeshoto yo. Elabo
0: shoto yo rabashata. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah. Yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. He loves to release great glory through little places. He loves to release great glory through little places. And I declare it over abide. I declare it over this house. Hey, though you are the littlest, the most out of the way, I declare that God has placed upon you the anointing to build him an altar. God, we just look to you. We just pray for divine blueprints, divine resources. Send the people, God, I pray, divine connections. God, I pray that you would begin to unite the region. I thank you, God, for a great cleansing over the land. And I thank you, God, for a great reclaiming of the land. That there's been a rest over the land. But I thank you, God, there's coming a great cleansing. Fire! God, I bless this house. I bless you. I thank you for a bite. God, I bless the team. Build him a place. Build him a place. Build it and I will come. It's weak. It's little, but it's beautiful to me. The seven eyes rejoice to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The seven eyes rejoice. That's a Bible verse. In case you think I'm talking about somebody with seven eyes. Zechariah 4. I released the Zechariah 4 mandate on this house. That Zerubbabel and that Joshua anointing. Hey, hey, release your fire on the team here, Jesus. Release your fire on the team here, Jesus. Oh, I pray for the anointing on the musicians. Gather musicians, Jesus. Gather the drummers and the bass and the electric, the guitar and the pianos. Bring the sound text, God, bring intercessors. Bring intercessors, I pray, God.
1: Hey! hey. Oh, rabagataya, 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 Rabagataye. Rabagata, oh, rabagataya, rabokotaya, rabagataya.
0: Put a trumpet on this man, Lord. Psalm 133. Every tribe, tongue, people, and nation break through all the color lines and everything else. God, release something holy and precious in your sight here. Give us a sign. Oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Jesus.
0: Come on, just another minute. Everybody lift your hands and look at it. Musicians, anointing right now. Fire on your hands right now. Fire on your heart, fire on your lips. Fire in your spirit, a great cleansing God. Purify your people. That Malachi one eleven and a pure offering. That's the line, I can't stop thinking. And a pure offering. God, I pray for that songwriting anointing. Thank you for up, up, up. God, I pray that you would begin to release songs because there's a sound here. I pray for the songs, God. Not because they're trying to get songs, but because the well that gets opened. God, I thank you, Lord. I love you. God, I pray that you would use this region and use this little house to join your heart in intercession for Israel, for Israel's salvation. Romans 11, he says, all Israel will be saved. God, I pray that you, at Romans eleven twenty-five, 25, it says that he is going to, uh, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until... The fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And he's going to rip off blindness and arrogance, independence. He's going to release a cry, a spirit of intercession in this house. He says he's going to set watchmen on the walls. Isaiah 62. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They will never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem. Until he establishes and he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. God, set watchmen here, Lord. I pray that you would set intercessors on the wall. God, I pray that you would set intercessors on the wall. Lay hold of us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of intercession. Fall upon us, I pray. Spirit of intercession, fall upon us. Come pray. Come pray. I've got friends from Orlando who've been in this thing a long time. I want them to pray. Thank you, Lord. Hey, hey. See, there, when when the Lord begins to talk about building His house, there are several anointings that begin to come to the forefront. We talk about the singers and musicians. We talk about there's a, He's also anointing Anna's and Simeon's, but most of us just only think about eighty-year-old Anna and Simeon. Anna made the decision when she was twenty-four. <laughs> it's cute for retired folk to do this. But it's disruptive for college kids to do it. He's going to anoint people whose primary anointing is to serve God with prayer and fasting in the place of prayer. If that makes any sense to you when I say that, I want you to lift your hand. I'm going to pray that for you right now. You're like, God, if you would let me be, if you could make a way, even financially, financially, God, I would. I want to give eight hours a day. I want to give it your presence. Release it. Release. 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 Release the Anna anointing, the simeon anointing. Whoo! There it is. Call him forth, Lord. If If he placed these two who represented whole communities before his first coming, he's going to release the same anointing in the earth before his second. Ha, 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 ha. Ha Ha
1: Elebo shoto yo rebeshoto yo Elebo shoto rebeshoto yo rebesato yo Elebo
0: There's another group He's anointing Cyruses. Isaiah 45, Isaiah prophesied of a Persian king 200 years before he came. And this man would be anointed in finance. He would release, it says, I'm going to go before you and open up the gates of bronze to release to you the hidden riches of the secret places. He's going to anoint businessmen, businesswomen, divine ideas, entrepreneurs to funnel finance into the kingdom. If that's even on you and that makes sense to you, raise your hand. And you may not even be in it yet, but the Lord's put this thing on you. Lord, open up the gates of bronze right now.
1: Let's just lift our voice and begin to pray in the spirit right now. Lord,
0: I bless this house. I bless Orlando. I bless Mike and Portage. I bless every pastor and leader, intercessor. I bless every home. Say, Come, Lord Jesus.
1: Come, Lord Jesus, we love you. Come, Lord Jesus. Yes, you.
0: To do that, I want to have the band come up and I want to do that song. I just keep hearing it not just the church that I keep looking at, but uh, I just keep hearing it, guys. It's really happening. I feel it expediting. I've been in this thing 20 years and I and I feel an expediting of this thing. I don't know how long the window is, but I know we're in a divine window. And I just want to fill it, and I want to help plant, build, throw logs on fire and set these things because I feel like it's important for the days we're moving into. Lord, I bless this people. I bless this house. Lord, I just bless every person that's come with the Jacksonville crew. I bless you. I bless you, Jacksonville crew, these godly women who love you. God, I pray that they would take it back to Jacksonville that you would do it there Jesus you'd do it in Orlando do it in Tampa God I pray all up and down the coast I just declare Florida this state Jesus would be set apart this forerunner state bless this state Jesus I pray I just want to worship him and bless him and let's just minister to it Hey!